Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-3733. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line. You can take control of the airwaves, call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Free Talk Live after all. You can also go to freetalklive.com, as interactive as the show is. The website is also. You can load, upload, uh, you can upload whatever you want to uh, put up there, news stories, blog posts. People will vote them up. You you can vote other people's up. Vote it down. It's freetalklive.com. Let's go straight into the calls. We've got Chris Lawless calling in from New Hampshire on behalf of the Liberty Forum Chris, how you guys doing? All's well. Chris Lawless, welcome to I, Free Talk Live. I my hear friend. you have some kind of exclusive announcement for Free Talk Live regarding the Liberty Forum, which is a forum of uh, or a, 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 a seminar meeting. What, what do you call it? A uh, a festival. Festival. Okay. Right? Sure. It's a. It's a, it, it's a great, I would call it the counterpart of pork. It is a liberty-oriented festival in New Hampshire uh, during usually the dead of winter, with all kinds of speakers in a in a hotel room and in, in like a large hotel area. How many people generally attend this event, Chris? Um, about two fifty to three fifty attend the whole weekend. And then we had upwards of 600 people when Ron Paul spoke a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, well, certainly Ron Paul's going to pack the house. I remember that it was it was electric to to see that uh, event. I mean, I just couldn't I just couldn't believe all the people just cheering and having such a great time with uh, Ron Paul. Liberty Forum is is like a magnet for people. It's an intellectual and social magnet, Chris Lawless. So thanks for joining us on Free Talk Live on this Saturday night. Good to have you here, man. Thank you, and I, and I actually agree with you. It is it is electric. Um, the first year I ran it, it was to me it was all about hearing the speakers. But after the first day, it was all about the energy of all the activists and just getting to meet people who are moving in Hampshire. Some are natives, some aren't moving, but they're just you know they're here to support us and hear great speakers. And uh, so it, was, it is a great event. You can feel it in the air when you're there and you meet these people who have come from far away and they're interested in the Free State Project and they want to find out. And then you go into a room and there's someone speaking. There's a couple of years ago, novelist F. Paul Wilson speaking. Um, there's uh, Glenn Jacobs speaking. All these terrific people that you help schedule. And of course, anyone who's been there knows the great work you put into it. Chris, uh, they can see you towering in the crowd and directing <laughs> things, saying, okay, everybody over here, we've got this going on. Over here, we've got this. It's terrific, and I hope people will think about it. And thanks for letting us know a little bit about this. We should mention uh, last year, uh, the, the last Liberty Forum, they had David Friedman, son oh, of uh, yeah. Milton Friedman, yeah. giving a very, speech, a very interesting speech on market failure. Yeah, and he was on this program just after that, or just before it, I think. After, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about what's going on this year for the Liberty Forum. Uh, still scheduled well, for Nashua, New Hampshire? Yeah, just uh, I actually want to call to announce that officially we have a date. <clears throat> Excellent. Excellent. What is that date? A contract has been signed. It is February 23rd will be our Thursday gun shoot, and um, we have a couple other ideas planned for Thursday. Um, and then the opening ceremony will be Friday the 24th, and we'll continue through that weekend, the 25th and 26th. Excellent. All right. This is great. That is that is great. Do you have any um, any any kind of speakers you know that are on the lineup? Can you tickle us with any information, or is it uh, j- just the dates at this point? So uh, I do have a little bit. I, I there's one speaker who is ninety nine percent confirmed. He needs to check with his wife. Okay. Um, which I kind of chuckled when I heard that. He's a <laughs> he's a very well known. I don't know if a lot of libertarians will know him, but he's extremely well known. And one of my, my goals for this year is to have no repeats. 
Oh, that's you know great. we have lots of speakers who are fantastic. Sure, like, sure. I'd love to get Ron Paul again, and you know, yeah, I'd love to get David Friedman again. But one of the things I want to do is is kind of twofold: is number one, reach out to new speakers. Um, you know, many of us want to hear a new speaker, and then two, kind of broaden the pool for our, you know, a little bit of a different speaker. There'll still be liberty topics and that, but kind of reach a broader audience. So there'll be something good for all of us, but then something we can invite our friends who might not be 100% liberty lovers, there'll be something for them as well. Very good. Uh, Chris, well, uh, thanks for the announcement. It's uh, the Liberty Forum, February the 24th through the 26th. Free Talk Live will certainly be there. Gardner Goldsmith, you'll certainly be there. Um, Indeed. And we'll be, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to to do it. Chris, you always... Well, I was just going to say, Chris, you always come through with new fascinating information, whether it's stories about your uh, border crossings or it's uh, – and people can find that out if they're friends on, with, uh, with you on Facebook or uh, just the great work that you guys do. And, and everybody uh, who's – people who are just listening on a Saturday night might not be that familiar with some of the things that the Free State Project does. This, these people in the Free State Project, everybody, they put their money where their mouth is. They, they walk the walk. Whatever you know, euphemism you want to make, uh, apply they they really believe in, in liberty, and they do their work. Awesome, awesome job, Chris. I can't wait for February. Yeah, thank you. And I'll, I'll call in as soon as I get more speakers than that. Maybe I'll call in when I have some uh, confirmed speakers. Great, man. Very good, Chris. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Frank in New York. Frank. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Well, we're waiting for the hurricane to hit. Oh, man. <laughs> is it still a hurricane, or has it been downgraded to a tropical depression? No, it's still a hurricane. Okay. And, and, uh, and technically, the, technically sorry, maybe, I was just going to say, technically, maybe it's just a long, drawn-out tropical recession. <laughs> or or maybe nice. if, you're, if you're with one of the politicians, <laughs> they might not even want to use one of those terms. They'll just say, it's in a slump. It's a low-pressure system. It's in a slump. But I'm glad yeah. you guys – have you built the ark yet? I don't know what you guys are talking about. I see green shoots. <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you built the ark yet to get out of New York or no, what? Actually, I've, uh, some friends of mine today were moving up to uh, Connecticut, so I sort of uh, helped them and kind of uh, made sure no one you know, ripped off their moving van while they were you know, moving things uh, into the van and things. New York, it's like that. You know, you, you leave something open, the door open, and someone runs in, and before you know it, your possessions are gone. So it was interesting. So you want to move there immediately. Watching, when I was watching the uh, van, uh, I noticed, I saw the, the uh, what is it, the Coast Guard hurricane airplane that flies into the eyes of the storm with the four big engines and yeah. the big needle on the nose that measures the uh, strength of the hurricane. Mm. And that was at about, I guess, maybe 520. Uh, That's got to be a fun things. job, huh? I mean, you know, sign me up for that crap. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? If you like, if you like the amusement parks, I think that's probably, uh, you know, very much like it. You know, being buffeted by the <laughs> strong winds and things. Take your dream, uh, but, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I was I was listening to the show last night, and uh, I enjoyed the discussion regarding the religion and spirituality. I think that's a topic that's more valid now than ever, and I think a lot of people still haven't come to the distinctions between those two, spirituality and organized religion. And also, I was uh, 
surprised to hear how difficult the judge made the sentence, you know, for your uh, associate. For Ian uh, Freeman, uh, so uh, a normal co-host? So many days in jail for nothing. I oh. mean, what is the matter with that judge? And, and, I mean, he needs to be impeached. And, and by, the, <laughs> by the way, we should mention, um, I'm filling in for Ian tonight, folks. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, okay. and uh, LibertyConspiracy.com is my website, and Mark's been nice enough to have me come in, and Ian's been nice enough to have me come in as well. So um, uh, more power to Ian. Yeah, they really, really uh, laid it on heavy for Ian, and it's very disappointing. But it shows you um, what the community is like here, my friend, in the, in the Liberty community, especially around Keene, New Hampshire, all the great support that Ian has got and uh, what a great reputation he has. Uh, I thought last night's program was was excellent as well. And in fact, before before Mark's waving me off, like no, no, we don't need that. If you want to get last night's program, you can go to freetalklive.com. There's a week's worth of programs just, there to be downloaded. I just want to say that as a as a listener, uh, also as a host, but as a listener, I really appreciate people approaching the issue that you mentioned: spirituality versus organized religion, and also the other issues that were discussed on the program, particularly videotaping of police with intellectual rigor and fairness. And I. I as a person, I get very, very tired uh, now in particular. Uh, I'm really getting tired of typical talk radio programs right. not Intellectualism being fair. and fairness seem to be at a dearth on Absol- talk radio, precisely, in my opinion. Precisely. And if we aren't living up to those standards, please call in and tell us where we've made mistakes. I, yeah. I mean, I think that's how, um, in, in the debate, using critical thinking, I think that's how we get evolved the ideas. Because yeah. there's not a lot of evolution and ideas out there. I mean, all you have to do is look at the presidential candidates we have to choose from, and you can see the colostomy bags that, uh, that really that are politicians in the United States. Frank, thanks for the call. This is Free Talk Live. You can give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. You can get also get your Liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. You can do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings over there. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's libertystickers.com. Sometimes I like to go over there and just browse through the stickers, the quotes and the uh, the sayings on them are so, uh, you know, prescient and relevant and often witty. It's libertystickers.com. I've got one on the back of my car as a matter of fact that says um, Barack Obama has fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. Mm-mm-mm. Good stuff to remind people. LibertyStickers.com. Let's go to Shadow in Huntsville. Shadow. Hey, all. Hey, Shadow. Welcome to Free Talk Live. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I was wanting to know something. Uh, Friday, of course, yesterday then, uh, <clears throat> on the radio program here that comes down before you all do, uh, that 
they were talking about this uh, Fed raid in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Gibson Guitar Company. DPA, right? So glad you brought that up. We were talking about that before the show. It was one of the topics we wanted to discuss, man. Way to oh, hit it. Please do, because I, I grew up in Nashville, and to me, that's a direct act of war against me, and I don't like that. And, and this Mohawk right here, that's what I am. I know how to make war. I, during uh, Vietnam and the Cold War, I did over 20 years with a certain particular U.S. intelligence agency as a, shall we say, uh, independent contractor. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I know but, how to make war, man, you know. Al, I don't think you can make war in the United States government uh, <laughs> with any success. It's been tried, and usually people who do it fail. Yeah, and it's really not a laughing matter, of course. It's a really serious thing. Shadow, what I what fascinated me uh, about it was I was – you know, we, we've been seeing a lot of these raids on things like, uh, raw foods out in California for, um, the whole milk that they've been selling. Uh, Rawsome foods. Yeah, yes. Rawsome foods. Yes. Out in California is YouTube has it everywhere. We posted stuff at Liberty Conspiracy about it and uh, spoken about it in podcasts. And, uh, it, it's amazing now to see the, the actual armed figures who are working with the Environmental Protection Agency and other so-called nonviolent agencies now that were brought in by, in, in, in this case, this was brought in by the Nixon administration, but embraced by many people who think that the state really has a place in protecting the environment. And uh, these are typically more left-leaning statists, more um, traditional-type Democrats in a way. Um, yeah, and, and it's, many people on the right would, would probably say that. And and now, you know, I, I at Liberty Conspiracy, I said, you know, maybe the left-wing status might wake up and recognize that by creating these state agencies, by relying on the state to do something that the market can do much better through supply and demand, the price mechanism, and showing scarcity – it can the the market can husband resources better. The whole thing of this for everybody who is unaware is that Gibson Guitars got nailed. The article came out in the Wall Street Journal on the twenty sixth. Got nailed by the EPA of all things for the wood that they have in their guitars. Like and the whole guitar or just uh, parts of the guitar? It's it, it looks like it's the frets and parts of the neck. Okay. So you're talking about a very small amount very, of wood. Exactly. And and this is what the Wall Street Journal said. Special endangered wood. Yeah, stick with a shadow. I'll just give everybody the information uh, for those people who are joining us, listening on their car radios or whatever. <clears throat> Here we are. It says, the tangled intersection of international laws is enforced through a thicket of paperwork. Recent revisions to the 1900s Lacey Act require that anyone crossing the U.S. border declare every bit of flora or fauna being brought into the country. One is under strict liability to fill out the paperwork and without any mistakes. So the accusation is that possibly Gibson Guitar is using wood that comes from these endangered trees out in Madagascar. But it applies – it could potentially apply not just to the manufacturers of the guitar but the owners of the guitars who, if they leave the country – musicians, if they leave the country – let's say Dave Grohl plays in Europe. If he comes back and he doesn't have documentation on what his guitar is made of, because he has to declare what the wood is, they could seize his guitar 
and he could be prosecuted. And a lot of musicians have, you know, attachments to particular instruments. They yeah. believe that that's the that's the way they, the way they make their sound and that kind of thing. And it's their property. It's Indeed. like it's unbelievable. I'm just saying that it's not so easy yeah. to just buy a new guitar when you go to whatever country. you're Absolutely, going to. Willie Nelson's guitar. He's got this great acoustic. It's held together by a clamp because his his uh, pick has worn through it so much. Um, uh, uh, all these different people. So so now. Here is the story. It says, consider the recent experience of Pascal Villard, whose Atlanta-era company A4400 Pianos imported several antique Bossendorfers. Mr. Villard asked officials at the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species how to fill out the correct paperwork, which simply encouraged them to alert U.S. Customs to give his shipment added scrutiny. There was never any question that the instruments were old enough to have grandfathered ivory keys, but Mr. Villiard didn't have his paperwork straight when two dozen federal agents came calling. Facing criminal charges that might have put him in prison for years, Mr. Villiard pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor count of violating the Lacey Act and was handed a 17000 Five hundred dollar fine, and of this course, is, this is what it all boils down to, folks. Money. It's all about the money. Yep. Shadow, thank you for the call. Awesome. Yep. And 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 one of the things that we need to stress for people, if they are just getting familiar with libertarian ideas or things like that, it's not just our resentment and rancor at seeing innocent people trying to make things for people yep. who didn't know, and they've got this Byzantine jungle of paperwork. It is the fact that there's also a way out of this, and it's not the government way. It's the market way. Right. And the market are, can actually pre- preserve species far better than the government's mechanisms <laughs> of uh, you know, the Endangered Species Act and that kind of thing. The Endangered exactly. Species Act only creates demand in certain areas for these things. And you can look at Africa where they have uh, you know, allowed in some places elephants to be owned and in other places they put them protect them in parks. In the places where they're protected in parks, oftentimes poachers will go in to get the uh, valuable tusks. In the places where they're owned, people protect them and there's more elephants and they're, they're safer. Exactly. Let's go to parks. Paul in Tampa. Paul? Hi, I'm in a mall right now. I hope it's not too noisy. It doesn't sound too bad. Um, I'm sorry? It doesn't sound too bad. Okay, good. Um, I really appreciate your program. Um, I'm afraid we've been victims of bait and switch for many, many years, decades, oh, yes. by frauds on that claim to be conservatives and talk <laughs> conservative, but they tell you to vote for all these Republicans who've given us the big government, and they've controlled the Supreme Court since Eisenhower, so they've given us all the liberal Supreme Court case law that they complain about. They're the ones that did it. And I'd like to suggest to your listeners if they, I wish I owned stock in the World Almanac, but if you pick up a World Almanac, they have all the budgets in the history of America in there on just one page. And um, you can see how under Nixon, the spending more than doubled. Then under Carter, the spending went up about 58%. Reagan and Bush, 233% increase. Paul, hold the line. I know you're getting to something here. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733.
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kids should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Guard. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Ruger's new SR-40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frames as those used on so many great Ruger pistols, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, and ambidextrous controls. The SR-40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or alloy steel slide with a Nitrodox Pro Black finish. You can see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. Again, it's Ruger. Dot com. Check out Free Talk Live where we have the uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners. We yes. have uh, the sh- you can go check out the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Dozens of ladies proving that they I'm listen to Free Talk <laughs> to Free Talk Live. <laughs> you may or may not go for the reasons that Gardner goes, what? whatever those might be. I just I just want to go to Paul in Tampa. <laughs> hey Paul, welcome to Free Talk Live. Well, he's back actually. Hey, that's right, you're back. We held you over. How you doing, Paul? Pretty good. I wanted to ask you about Michelle Bachman, but I wanted to just finish what I was talking about before and real quick. Yeah. And that was that if you look in the same figures, of course, you can look this up at C3.189 in uh, federal documents and get the actual budgets the president sent to Congress. Congress had to pass those budgets, but you'll see all these Republican presidents designed the budgets and asked them to do it. Yeah. All those big increases. So anyway, and then it, it spending doubled on the Bush, and he wanted them to do it. And, and I know as of 2005, there was a, a non-military spending increase, 359% more than the military spending. And so That was it, Homeland it, Security, I suspect. Not, well, no, what I'm saying is the non-military increased 359% more. Yeah. That's just off the top of my head. If you, if you go out and, and check it out to later, it's going to be much worse. But anyway, so it all, total spending doubled on the bush. Well, that's all coming out of our pockets. And so the average American, I figured I could retire at age 40 if we weren't getting ripped off so bad. <laughs> that's but about right. It frankly is. Uh, when you think well, about how much money, when you figure all the taxes in that the average person pays, because remember, corporations don't pay taxes. Corporations are, yeah. are businesses intended to provide services to people. And if they can't make a profit, they don't exist, at least not for very darn long. And the only way that they can make a profit is by having their overhead cut. And taxes are overhead. So the overhead has to go into the products that they produce. So that means the consumers pay taxes. And when you consider that all the income taxes, the state taxes, the local taxes, the corporate taxes, the gas taxes, and all the taxes, it looks like about... 50 cents on every dollar seems to go to some government agency or another. You know, I, it, it, there's, there's a lot of debate on this, and it's, it's difficult to tell exactly how much it is, but it's a oh, lot no, of productivity. You exactly. You're right. I can tell you exactly where you can see it. In statistical abstract, if you look in there under the personal income, then take the total spending on the census of government finances uh, of state, local, and federal government, uh, and do the math, it comes out to 50%, which takes you to July 4th. Yeah, you got and it. And it was like that when 
it, it was like that when Reagan was president. This isn't speculation. No. There's a census of government finances in the same area that the government documents. You'll find it, and you can look in statistical abstract, and you'll see that. Right. Uh, but hey, anyway, pa- what I'm Paul, getting at... Paul, bottom... Paul, before you go on, let's stress that. Sure. Uh, that How much is taken from people today? And let's add to that, Paul, with the deficit spending that the, the government does... We should mention that it's not just them, it's their children and grandchildren who are now being enslaved by these politicians. So That's even right. they're going to be working straight through for months and months and months. Even if even if they stopped all of the spending today, children who haven't even been born yet will be paying for it years down the line. So if this is supposedly the land of the free, how is it that people who don't exist yet will be enslaved to political ideology? Well, I've never heard Michelle Bachman point out these statistical facts. I've never heard any other politicians other than Ron Paul yep. point this out. I'm 100% for Ron Paul. But let me just give you the bottom line on it. If you look in that, uh, in these, in that area of government documents in a good city library or, or a university library, it's all there. It's real simple. And um, these are the actual facts done by the it's federal law. Everybody's got to report their finances to the Census Bureau, and they have what they call a census of government finances. And you can look up your local school district, everything. Paul, what's but your you question back, on Michelle Bachman? I'm sorry? What's your question on Michelle Bachman? Um, well, I wanted you all to... I saw today, I looked up on Wikipedia a little bit about her, but... Uh, I saw where she was for five years a, a U, IRS attorney. That was That's what I was going to point out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that. Uh, then I saw when she was in law school, she helped this um, professor write a book with who she says has recently said she, he's one of the guiding forces in her life to turn the United States into a theocracy. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what it said. I mean, I'd like I'd like to to get your response on that. And uh, then I also saw where she. Um, when uh, she was in the legislature in Minnesota, she said she wasn't going to vote for the cigarette tax, and then she turned around and voted for the cigarette tax when the, when Minnesota was swimming in money. She had some but, uh, explanation for that I saw during you know some one one uh, debate or another in that circumstance. But you know what disturbs me is what disturbs uh, you. She worked for the she worked for the as a tax attorney. She said it was to learn her enemy, but in the process of learning her enemy, she turned into an enemy of the um, United States citizen and it's, by enforcing this stuff. And yeah. the Second thing is, is you know all this uh, this uh, this moralistic stuff that the, she wants to cram down all our throats. Uh, I mean, you know, there's lots of different people who have religions that that say different things, and there's no reason why uh, you know one particular version person's version of uh, a guy in the sky should actually be the one that we're all forced to uh, adhere to. And you can't have morality by forcing people to act in a moral fashion. You have to. All have you choice. have at that point is adhere. Morality comes from the ability to choose. Paul, thanks for the call. And you know, this is this is the the real problem with the idea of controlling someone's actions when they're not hurting somebody else. Like for instance, uh, gay marriage or looking at porn. Yeah. Michelle Bachman wants to stop all of that. Exactly. And the fact is that New Hampshire passed through the legislator le- legislature gay marriage. This is not some, you know, legislating from the bench kind of thing. Then and who is she? To suggest that the people of the state of New Hampshire, if if that's really who passed it, because it's just some politicians who did it, yeah. should not be able to rule their own state. And you know, to me, that's 
And, and you know, it's, it's what's fascinating about that, just on a practical matter, uh, on that particular issue, Mark, just as an anecdotal thing to mention, is um, those people who are opposed to um, gay marriage, and I'm opposed to the state getting involved with marriage altogether anyway. Right. I'm, you, I'm opposed to, right, to exactly. marriage as a, uh, as a government function. Yeah, it started as a way to try to stop uh, white people from marrying black people, and mm. there were various exactly religious things. exactly what marriage certificates is, have always been yeah, about, it, control. It, the whole thing is all about control, and, um, and I just eliminated all together but also what fascinates me is i've spoken with some people about this who are on the so-called right wing uh michelle bachman's side and and they say well you know uh they they've worked to try to stop gay marriage in new hampshire and in other states they don't want it and i say look what you don't understand is the constitution has this thing in it that requires states to recognize the full faith and credit of any other legal contract in other states. It's called the full faith and credit clause. Duh. That's right. And uh, so, so marriage in New Hampshire is will valid be recognized in, in another other state. state. Exactly. So these people spend thousands and thousands of dollars, which is why right. uh, worrying about how other people live their live lives. Live their lives. Exactly. Really, you know, I mean, and, and it's, it's supposed to be such a big deal. Now, I'll admit, I will yeah. absolutely say that the government has, uh, you know, demands that businesses show recognition to marriage and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I shouldn't have to recognize anybody's gay marriage or their straight marriage or their marriage to their dog or whatever. I don't care. Right. I mean, that I shouldn't have to, as an employer, offer any specific things to somebody. You know, I, I you know, the contract that I put together with one employee doesn't have to be the same as it is with another employee. That's ludicrous to me. And, and Mark, before we go on to the next caller, just to mention, what it does is it involves all these new tentacles of the state getting involved with yep. private business, Every telling them how to run it. Every time you use the government to, to control somebody else's life, right. it controls yours. And it brings us back to those conservatives who years and years ago, maybe they wouldn't even call them conservatives, reactionaries perhaps, didn't want to see black people and white people getting married – some of them seem to be – their offspring seem to be the people who don't want gays getting married by the state, right? I don't so know they that got their the state, I mean, They got just... the state involved now, right? Just like we saw with the environmentalists getting the state involved to try to protect the environment, it's come back to bite them now. They don't like it. Free Talk Live, 855-450 free. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. It is, we are live, by the way, on a Saturday night, and so few radio shows will do that for you. It's Mark with you. And Guard filling in for Ian. Thanks for joining us. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, ManVenture Outpost carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing. The Better Business Bureau, you know how important that is when you're doing business online to have somebody who's reputable. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. I was just on their website uh, earlier this week. 
amazing assortment of uh, knives. I needed to get a fillet knife for, um, well, actually processing chickens. Um, you can uh. get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right. Guard, let's go directly into the calls it's again. It's their show, man. That's right. Well, we'll we'll do our do our best to uh, to to host them in the process. Yes, indeed. Craig, calling from Wikiwatchy. Hey, hey. Wikiwatchy. Hey, first, first time I heard your show, and I'm enjoying it. How do those mermaids like that? Uh, the water gets all stirred up when the uh, when when the hurricanes go through. Does that bother well, you? Well, Wikiwatchy is an Indian reservation, and they have mermaids to keep everybody entertained over here. There you go. Hey, uh, regarding the last call, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Michelle's, Michelle Bachman's campaign will be fizzling up pretty soon. But having said that, as far, in my opinion, Michelle Bachman is nothing but a covert operative for the IRS. I don't care what she says. I don't trust her. She's got IRS all over, and you know there's a lot of people, including Ron Paul, that want to get rid of the IRS. And who's the, the one person that can keep the IRS alive? Michelle Bachman. There you go. Hey, I'd like to point something out. In 2008... Uh, when Ron Paul was running, he said, and you know, he'd know he's a U.S. representative, been elected 13 times or something like that. And um, he said that if you got rid of the IRS and the revenue that comes from the income tax, that the government's, uh, inf- you know, that basically the revenue for the government would shrink it back to 1997 levels from 2008. And I don't know about you, but I thought the government was too big in 1997, <laughs> too. Yep. And so, therefore, getting rid of the IRS and this arduous work that uh, that the average American has to, to I mean, this free accounting that they have to do for the government uh, the yep. 14th amendment says that there shall be no involuntary servitude but every year my wife spends about 40 hours um you know going filling out these pieces of paper and stuff for the government and yep. that's involuntary servitude she'd rather not do it yeah, and she uh, she had all these children she adopted but she was or foster care but she also got government to cover for all those foster children. So she had her hand out. Then she uh, complained about uh, Obama with all that stimulus money, but she was the first one in her state to get her hands, her grubby hands all over the stimulus money. So enough about enough about her, because she, she's, she's going to be toast pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, talking about Gibson guitars, uh, I heard they weren't charged with anything. Is that true? Uh, the report from the Wall Street Journal that came out didn't have all the specifics, so maybe somebody could call in and okay, say... Well, you know, Having said that, yeah. the musicians need to get together in force and come down hard on the government for going up. So what are they going to do, chase Gibson, uh, <laughs> chase them out of the country, and they're going to be building right. Gibsons in China? That's exactly well, what's going to happen here. Yeah. And this yep. is, and, and you know, the Democrats will wail about it. Oh, the businesses yeah, are yeah. going elsewhere. And the Republicans will say, we need more tariffs. We don't and, like them the foreign process, workers. Nobody gets it. You just yeah. can't control, you can't yeah. strangle the life right. of people. And then and, about two weeks prior to this... Give or take, we had the Rossum food in San Diego that yep, the government exactly. stormed. I don't know what happened to that guy, but they put him in jail. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and that's the thing that gets that's me. That's just a guy who wants to sell raw milk to people. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, well, you not know, just raw milk. We had other products that people were buying. That was a co-op. That yeah. was a private deal. Yeah, and you can. You know, by the way, on on YouTube, you can see the Rossum food story. Just put in Rossum foods, you can see the Gibson guitar story. The the, the owner, the CEO yeah. of Gibson, has an awesome statement from what I hear, and I can't wait to see it. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Uh, Luther and I were speaking before the program, and this is the kind of thing that, you know, you'll hear on the talk radio programs the after effects of these things often, like, oh, yeah. oh so many jobs have gone to Mexico. It's like, look, why do you think well, they're, people they're are taking... Well, purpose, guys. They're chasing yeah. all the farmers out of this country. They say in a, a few more years, a good percentage of our food will be coming from China and everywhere else. 
Well, yeah, and and again, this is this has nothing to do with Chinese people being evil and stealing American jobs. If, no, it if, has to be with our government being evil. Exactly, and, and for example, uh, I gave a presentation at a Liberty Forum a couple of years ago in which yeah. I showed how um, the Bush administration policies were already affecting things like shrimpers and yep. lettuce growers in California. How a lot you of know, lettuce. It's amazing how all this stuff affects people after they get out of office, and the next guy that's in office gets blamed for it. Yeah, and. One one thing we should note yeah, to those people... It's amazing how they pass these laws that, are, that yeah, don't go into effect, effect for three or four years. Right, and, and something we should note about it, the right. economics of it to people who think that, oh, these guys, are they're shilling for big companies and big business who don't want to pay a living wage or a going yeah. wage for the products. It's like, look... These guys who own businesses are in competition with other businesses from here and abroad. doesn't matter where they're from, and they're all competing for one thing, the consumer's attention. It's not that the business people are evil money grubbers and they don't want to pay people. It's that there are certain products that consumers will not pay beyond a certain point. They'll turn to an alternative product, and this is what has happened in places like California with the lettuce and places like like, uh, the strawberry growers and things like that. So what we need to do is reduce these burdens on places like Ross and Foods and the EPA regulations on the guitar makers so they don't move away. I got, a, I got another huge story for you, which you, I don't, hopefully you guys know about it, but it's, it's being overlooked by the news media for, for whatever reason. I can kind of guess why. August 18th on Mar- MarketWatch.com, Senator Charles Grassley is spearheading, which I got a lot of faith in him, but Senator Charles Grassley, anyway, of Iowa, Iowa is spearheading an investigation of the Securities and Exchange Commission for, because two whistleblowers came forward in this, from the Securities and Exchange Commission, and apparently they still got their job over there. I don't know when they're going to get bumped off, but uh, that uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission destroyed 9,000 files. Okay, in 2008 and 2009, leading up to the debacle on Wall Street with mm-hmm. all the hedge funds and Goldman Sachs, Lehman Brothers, and everything else. You know what's you know what's fascinating really? about that you is that you know about the, that story. No, no. Yeah, I heard about it actually, and I was struck by one thing: the hypocrisy of Charles yep. Grassley. Here's Grassley, who's <laughs> all in favor of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, all in yeah, favor of the Community Re- Reinvestment Act. Yeah, it's he's like uh, putting the fox in charge of the uh, the hen house. Exactly, you know? he set up the domino. <laughs> <laughs> the dominoes to fall, and the SEC was there hey, watching them fall. I don't yeah. want to get too way out, but and, and, and I don't want to demean anything here. But you ever look at Charles Grassley? Doesn't he kind of look like an alien to you? Uh, you know, I <laughs> he looks alien-esque. His eyes and his whole speech features I'm like aware, something out of uh, an ET movie or something. I'm an odd-looking guy myself, so no comment. <laughs> Thanks. Was, yeah, that's a, that's a big story. The Securities and Exchange Commission, and and this crap of Gibson, Ross and Food, all these vitamin stores being raided. And so on and so forth. Everything's like, show me your papers. Doesn't that look reminiscent yeah, of Nazi yeah. Germany? And in the meantime, with the SEC, you see an yeah. agency that is supposedly there set up to the regulate business. The right, they're supposedly the police. And then what happens? Well, they fail. They don't do their job. They cover it up, as you just well, indicated to people. And, and what happens? Well, they pass new laws and give them even more power. Well, they, they chopped off Madoff stuff. His Madoff stuff was in there. And, and made, they had the guy on TV, they tipped off the, he tipped off the SEC nine years before Madoff got indicted, and they did nothing about it. They sat on their hands. Well, listen, there's so much more yeah. to talk well, about. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. You know, the, it, it's, it's obvious the government's incompetent. Um, let's go to uh, Paul in Portland, Maine. Or, excuse me, it's Bob. Can't even read. Bob. Bob, can you hear me? Yeah. 
Hey, Bob. What's up? Well, you know, the cost of living, the fact of the matter is it's true. Uh, the biggest the biggest problem here is that our government is just drunk on power and money. And I'll give you I'll give you a prime example. Okay. Two two judges in Pennsylvania last year went to jail for taking two point six million dollars in kickbacks for selling four thousand children into detention centers um, and just railroaded them. That much is true. I mean, this is this goes to show the uh, it, it it shows the power that you know that the the okay so power corrupts. There's actually science behind it that when you give somebody power that they um what the Stanford Prison Experiment is a great example. You give yeah. somebody power and they're going to use it to uh, benefit themselves uh, to you know exert power over other people. And this is you know this is the the natural uh, result. Of this kind of power, judges and you know judges, frankly, have too much power. They have a monopoly. They're part of an organization, the judicial system, which has a monopoly on uh, a force. Um, and uh, of course, some of them are going to say, "Oh yeah, you, you want you want me to send you want me to send the kids your way? Sure." And you're going to give me a kickback every time I get a I get ten grand, hundred grand, whatever it is. I mean, it was an incredible amount of money, and it's because this prison or whatever would get federal funds and state funds for having uh, inmates and so wow. these i mean these judges were just just churning them in i didn't know about this oh yeah yeah and, and i mean that that means that justice was a joke and these kids were just railroaded and sold for profit you're right about that bob thanks for the call 855-450-3733 free talk live You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Lives, live Saturday night edition. How many how many shows are live for you on a Saturday night? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, there's uh, two. <laughs> Open lines, current events shows that are available, they're live on a Saturday night. So they're just, there's not much. Exactly. But you're listening to one of them. And it's Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Gard, filling in for Ian. Thanks That's for right, Gardner. You're filling in for our main host, Ian, who has uh, decided that it would be a good idea. Excuse me, an idea to stand in front of a uh, police car because he felt that they were arresting a woman unjustly, and they didn't like that, and they tossed his uh, butt in the pokey for ninety days. So we've got to uh, soldier on here on Free Talk Live. Yeah. But uh, Gardner, you you've graciously come in and uh, filled some slots. Uh, tell people uh, about what you sort of do. When well, you're not here. Thank you very much, Mark. Well, Mark, uh, thank you very much. Um, I uh, write, and I am the host slash founder of the Liberty Conspiracy, which is found at libertyconspiracy.com. And uh, we produce a number, sometimes three, sometimes four uh, podcasts a week. You can 
Uh, people can sign up for those at iTunes. They can find it under Liberty Conspiracy. They it's a very also, popular uh, podcast on iTunes. Yeah, I was surprised. You know, it, coming from radio, um, and, and we talked about this with your great advertiser, Jason Osborne. He's been very supportive of me, an amazing supporter, and uh, and Ferb of uh, Freedom Book Club has been great, and Free Keen has been great in advertising. And, and I realized I have a larger audience around the world listening to the Liberty Conspiracy podcast, thousands of people, compared to this regional radio show that I had. <laughs> right. And it's like I can talk about what I want to talk about there rather than having management come on and say, well, you can't say that. We want the politicians to advertise with us. <laughs> I mean, this is the type of thing you run into. So thank you very much. And people can find me on Twitter. It's guards, G-A-R-D, Goldsmith. If they, uh, We were talking about this before, everybody. I am currently at 599 followers, and I don't really pay that much attention to it, but I thought... Just have a look today? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I wonder how many of those 599 are those robot followers, you know, that send you garbage. We like, love you, God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, go check this out for coupons, you know? So uh, anyway, we're almost up to 600. So go to libertyconspiracy.com, check it out. And then uh, I do uh, short story writing, got an anthology uh, that just picked up one of my short stories, and actually two anthologies in the past four weeks have picked up uh, two of my short stories. Very happy about that. And, uh, Did you used to write for like Star Trek and stuff too? I, I worked as, an, as as a fellow at Star Trek Voyager oh, in neat. their script department. And in fact, just a few weeks ago, I had uh, dinner with one of my old bosses there. And they're starting up a great new show with a lot of libertarian themes called Terra Nova. So watch for Brandon Braga, who's a great guy and a pro-freedom guy, Brandon Braga. And look for Tim Minear. Uh, on Terra Nova. So thanks, man. Thanks sure. Uh, the you know uh, the, the hurricanes rolling through the East Coast, and yeah. obviously not all of our listeners are on the East Coast. But you know, there's a lot since since it's up north. Yeah, Yankees. Uh, you know, uh, they think they think of hurricanes like they think of alligators. This is terribly dangerous <laughs> things. I'm from Florida, and hurricanes roll through three or four a year. You know, I mean, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the uh, you know it's it, there's a lot of hubbub about hurricanes right yeah. now, and I thought it'd be a good idea for us to bring up the idea of price gouging. Yeah, and that ties into a little bit of something that we discussed in the last hour. So we'll bring it all together. For yeah, price gouging is kind of this this, this phenomenon yeah. where, for instance, uh, you know, hurricanes rolling through and water, say, water or generators or something like that jumps up in price. Because it's a term people, they apply to this. They yeah, say that's price gouging. Right, because demand has increased for this particular thing, and so therefore... Uh, Evil capitalists right. are exploiting Only people. a bad person would increase the price <laughs> at that time. Right. But... This is in defense of price gouging. Imagine for a second that, uh, you know, that for that somebody goes into the grocery store and says, I need to get this water and they'll buy up, you know, what what, maybe the grocery store has a a cap. Sometimes I'll tell you only 10 gallons of water. Right. Um, And so they'll just buy 10 gallons of water that and and then the hurricane doesn't go through and the water's a dollar a gallon or whatever. Mm -hmm. If the grocery store could raise the price of that water. To something else, then maybe there'd be some freaking water left when I went to the grocery store and needed some. Exactly. Every I mean, time, you know, if my kid is dehydrated and dying, I'm willing to pay ten dollars for a gallon of water, and I'm happy that it's there and available to me instead of my neighbor down the street piling this stuff up for God knows what. Yeah. You know, I mean, this this allows the marketplace to work. Yes. Every time you hear about one of these major uh, natural disasters, like a hurricane, something like 
like that, uh, you often hear the politicians making hay, making political hay about how they want to. Charles Grassley is a perfect example. We talked about him last hour. I mean, that guy is just massive, massively hypocrite and very corrupt intellectually. But um, you often hear these politicians saying, we, we need to have an investigation of why those people selling water are price gouging or why them hotels are charging higher prices and the and what they, what they, we who try to approach things with intellectual rigor will try to express to them is that in the free market, there is an amazing thing that human beings have developed. It's called the price mechanism. And the price mechanism can only function if government gets out of the way, if people are left to their own choices and preferences to decide on what they want to spend their money. The price mechanism helps regulate the supply of products. So when demand increases because people are afraid or demand increases because people want to store up something and be prepared, then that signals the suppliers, hey, guess what? Bring more down. Right. Politicians and will also say – sort of from a fairness standpoint, yes. if I plan ahead and I have a uh, generator at my house when demand is lower, I've paid the money to get the generator. <laughs> yeah. Why is it fair that a guy who runs out um, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning when a hurricane has been announced to, uh, to buy the generator at Home mm-hmm. Depot – Why is it fair that he should pay the same as I did? I planned ahead. I was the ants that put the um, you know, that put the food away. Why should the grasshopper get the same price? And this is this is a very good point that we need to express to people. This is why we believe not only in the moral superiority of which is primary, the moral superiority of freedom and individual choice and leaving our neighbors alone to do with their their own property what they want to do. Right. And and that's that's really the strongest point here. Exactly. If I've got a generator that I want to sell, there's no reason in the world a politician should be able to tell me what I want to sell it at. Exactly. Exactly. That's disgusting. And and but also uh, in a practical way. We know that by leaving neighbors alone to freely engage in free market commerce without politicians deciding for people or regulating for people, we actually help get things to people at lower prices and lower prices and lower prices. And this is one of the key things. The politicians will say, put a price cap on that. That's not fair. That person is being gouged. The the person with with the water is exploiting people. It's like, guess what? Here's the deal. If you don't allow the price mechanism to function, if you don't allow those prices to increase, that will not send a signal to the people who would supply more water. So you're going to have less water for all the people to get it. So these price caps, just like they happened in the 70s well, over the, gasoline. The water will still be there. It's just going to be in somebody's house sitting up on their shelf. But there won't, be, <laughs> there won't even be more brought in because, because yeah, the suppliers right. don't have that incentive. That, that makes perfectly good sense. Let's point that out because I, I, right. I missed that point. Um, yeah. So if, if there's a hurricane hitting uh, Florida and <laughs> there's not one hitting Oklahoma, but the price of water is uh, held artificially low in Florida, Florida at the same rate as it is in Oklahoma. Why oh, yeah. in the world would I send water to Florida? And you'll even see people who aren't even in the, that business. If they know there's a, there's a profit margin for them, they'll say, you know what? We got the weekend off. Let's bring some water down. We'll make some cash. Yep. It brings what the people need to it. And that goes back to the point we made in the first hour about lefty status trying to protect the environment by getting the government involved. It's the same 
principle. The government suppresses the free market for things. So what do you get? You get no way for people to gauge the value of things so they won't bring in more. Mm-hmm. If you've got a free market, just like you were saying, in, in Africa, in certain African nations that allow for the harvesting of tusks and the private ownership of lands on which the elephants will live, then you actually see the elephants flourish and their numbers increase where the government tries right. to There's regulate no it. There's no shortage of cows. Exactly. There are no shortage of carrots. Boy, did you hit it. If you go in the western United States, if you go through Snoqualmie Pass just out of Seattle – on one side of the highway, a guy pointed this out to me when I was in Bellevue, Washington, getting my car repaired. He said, on one side of the highway is the government-owned land, where supposedly they're protecting the environment from bad people. They rent out the land yeah. to loggers, and it gets strip-cut. Right. All you need to know about this is, look at a house that um, you know some, a person who has owned it has moved out of versus a house that a person who rented oh, it moved so out right. of. Oh, so right. So right. The private ownership of things and the, the ability to exchange makes people... Husband those resources for future value, allows the environment to be better protected, gets political uh, political ideology out of it, and helps get things to where they're needed. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. It's Mark with you. And Guard. Live here on a Saturday evening. Please give us a call. Talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. And if you're a smoker, you probably know that cigarettes are not very good for you. In fact, I hear many people die from them. But you've probably heard about the e-cigarette. It's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. Listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. Vaporsmiths uh, has one of the premier e-cigarettes on the market, has a larger vaporizer, vaporizer allows you to get a, uh, a good full pull from it, mm-hmm. as it were, instead of one of these uh, chintzy ones. Yeah. Um, you, don't want, you don't want the chintzy ones, believe me. Vaporsmiths.com, a pack-a-day smoker, probably save about $120 a month just off the top by switching to e-cigarettes. Many people will uh, initially smoke cigarettes and the, uh, the, the e-cigarette and then switch some of them full-time t- full to the e-cigarette. And it is significantly healthier. You already start being richer, feeling better, and smelling better. How about a free starter kit? No, that's great. Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com. You'll get a free starter kit and you'll get free shipping because 40 cartomizers is uh, over $60. All orders of $60 or more get free shipping. You can call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. Gardner, we were yes. talking about, um, well... The marketplace and yeah. how um, you know people can be upset with the idea of uh, price gouging and that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, it, to me, it's interesting because price gouging it, at a different time 
Is it reasonable to expect a business to provide a good or a service at the same rate? If tomorrow some catastrophe occurs and, you know, say water or generators or plywood or whatever is at a premium because more people demand it, is it reasonable to consider that people would um, have we should be able to get it at the same price. Is exactly. it is it then reasonable to assume the prices should be the same as they were forty years ago? Yeah. I mean, why if, is it? if time shouldn't affect prices, then why does a longer period of time affect it, but a short one can't? Well, here's here's a way to flip it around. Uh, I was just thinking about it. as you were describing it, you inspired me to think. I, I, I thought about this. You are inspiration of the ladies, know it, man. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, uh, and very discriminating guys also know. It, by the way, you're you're, <laughs> a, you're a dangerous man. But uh, I'm wearing a lovely linen shirt. This they evening. don't call them man witch for nothing, baby. But anyway, um, one of the things that that strikes me is you always hear about price gouging. How we have to protect the consumer from the evil capitalist who is exploiting him, right? Um, so, you know, during times when uh, things are needed very badly by or people decide that they want to get these things, it's just terrible that the people who have these things might raise the price and do all these terrible things. You know, I, we, I'm not going to ascribe any motivation one way or another. It's not my property. Price just whatever they want to do. Supply yeah, exactly. and demand. Exactly. Exactly. And why don't we ever flip it around and say during a time of plenty, why is it that we don't force the buyers to have to buy at a higher price because the sellers are now clearly they have too much stock and the buyers are exploiting them. So because the sellers would have to sell at a lower price to clear their warehouses. And, and that's just not right. They have employees they have to pay and they have all these expenses. So the seller is obviously exploiting the buyer who has all this extra leftover stuff. So we ought to have politicians come in and say, you evil buyer, you exploiting that seller. Why are you buying at such a low price? You should pay more. It's the exact same thing. It's the same highway, everybody. You know, this is a, this. what this brings up to my mind is the employee-employer relationship. Good there point. are all kinds of protections for employees to not be fired for this reason or that reason. Just a myriad of them, and, and many of them are so Byzantine that, yeah. um, that you know, it's difficult to uh, even discern. So, but, you know, let's use sexual harassment for a minute. Right. Um, obviously, I don't think that a person should work in an environment that they find uncomfortable and, well, they should quit. Right. And, but and tell other people. What do you, you know, if, if, for instance, I've got a, an employee that, uh, you know, makes a bunch of sexual remarks to me that make me uncomfortable, I can fire that person, um, you know, relatively quickly and easily. I'm really sorry about what I brought up earlier. <laughs> But, you know, you know, I mean, the, the idea that employers should make it um, that it should be difficult for employers to fire people, but it should be easy. I mean, employees don't have to go in tomorrow. I mean, nobody, no politician or cops go out there and force employees to go into a business right. and make them work. I mean, that would yeah. be slavery. It's, so it's, it, it, it truly is slavery to make a business hire somebody or keep somebody that they don't wish to have on staff for whatever reason. Absolutely. Even if that reason may be immoral to me. Maybe they don't want to take a bath and stinky people should have <laughs> rights. I don't know. But, um, you know, you work next to the stinky person. Yeah. That's not my deal. You know, one of the lines is that the, the classic line, the sort of Marxist line, is that the owners of the means of production exploit people. But the owners of the means of production in the United States is the United States 
government. Well, this is, I mean, they people, regulate the businesses. But, they but tell they own them everything. everything. And they own everything. But if, here's if they, they, if they can tax your property, I mean, yeah. you know, that's essentially what they called a quit rent in the Middle Ages. The Lord would tax the, um, you know, the, the people beneath him, the exactly. vassals and the serfs, a certain amount. They call that a quit rent. What's, what's the difference between that and property taxes? And, and here's another thing, just in the abstract. And, and folks, this is why it's not just a moral principle to leave your neighbor alone and get government out of his hair. It is a practical benefit. It is a it is a purely practical benefit for society. Everyone does better when we leave each other alone and stop getting the agency with the monopoly on legalized force involved with things. I wouldn't tell my neighbor how to entertain his family in his living room. Why should I tell my neighbor how to entertain someone in a bar? Leave him alone. But here's the thing. When you have this principle of of freedom and you and you and you have free markets the owners of the means of production are all of us we all own certain skills our physical ability mm-hmm. our labor ability our time our interests so the idea that the owners of the means of production are somehow the business owners misses the the entire other part of the panoply of it which is that we all own some means of production it is a mutual a mutually corresponding uh, interaction. Right. If you get government, um, the agency of force, the, the agency of monopoly privilege out of the picture, you will not see bigger, more powerful businesses. You will see smaller Precisely. businesses that yes. serve their, their customers uh, better right. in a more regional aspect. This is, this is my opinion, but there is a lot of evidence behind this. Why? Because businesses big businesses have the money and the means to control government if you take government out of the picture there's no tool for them to use to get monopoly they will never grow to the size that they these colossal sizes i hear walmart not that i've got anything you know big problem with walmart but i hear walmart has you know a larger gdp than most countries yeah. in the world yeah and and this is why we we try to cover these things in 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 brief chunks to get the information out uh, maybe in the in between phone calls we try to get the information out out or we, we recognize that some issue that's out there today, we say, oh, wait a minute, we can also get this nugget of information out. It's so important because there is a constant barrage, and I really, really resent the ignoramuses out there uh, who will spout off uh, in, in the way that Bill O'Reilly will. And he's not, he's not dumb, but he is ignorant of certain things, uh, the way that certain talk radio people will do this. And sometimes they, they'll come up with great points about something, but when they hit things like free markets, when they hit the, the core principles of leaving their neighbors alone, they always stay away because they won't leave their neighbors alone. They always have some reason to screw around with their neighbor, and I don't like it, and I know that it hurts my neighbors. 855-450-FREE. It's the Free Talk Live toll-free call-in line. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 
855-450-3733. That's 855-450-3733. It's the uh, SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call in and talk to us about anything you'd like on this uh, live Saturday night show with Hurricane Irene bearing down on the eastern seaboard. It's going to wipe us all out. Oh, man. Yeah. This could be the last time. This is it, everybody. Yeah. Sorry. This could be the last <laughs> show together for us, man. Incentives matter. Professor Angela Dills explains that incentives help economists predict individual behavior. What's difficult is determining all the ways that a policy, a political policy, affects people's incentives and changes people's behavior. You can see this video. It is uh, uh, just a few minutes long. It's, It's worth seeing. It's worth showing to your family and friends in this time when we're talking about things like well, price controls and 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 price gouging and that kind of thing. Go to learnliberty.org slash FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. Watch this video. Share it on your Facebook. Show it to your family and friends. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. And speaking of uh, Free Talk Live, check out Free Talk Live's website. We have all kinds of things there for you, including archives. Archives of the show going back for five years no other radio program does that for you. Gives you free archives going back for five years. I mean, I can't think of a radio program that does that, at least. Certainly not a nationally syndicated one in the, the top sure. tier that it's I can think awesome, of. Awesome, yeah. That's archives.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Ken in South Carolina. Ken? Yes, sir. Hey, Ken. You're on the show. How are you? Uh, good in yourselves. Great. Thank you. What would you like us to discuss with you, my friend? Well, I, was, I didn't mean to change topics since we were talking about price gouging, but as far as the leaving your neighbors alone issue, mm. <laughs> I'm from South Carolina, and we're constantly having the constant overregulation of everything, even the height of your grass in your yard. Oh yeah, in a state where, in a state where the only rule we had was you couldn't shoot into your neighbor's yard unless you were defending him. <laughs> <laughs> that and seemed it, like a reasonable rule. Yes. <laughs> And it's carrying over into even the flea markets and things now, I guess, on the price gouging or price control thing, is that even the flea markets, you have to get a vendor's license and you have to form a corporation if you're not a corporation just to sell your own personal property at a flea market or a farmer's market, et cetera, in the state. You know, uh, Mark and I were talking about a story that they covered on Free Talk Live uh, just a while ago about the tea vendors in Massachusetts, state troopers nailing little kids for selling green tea out by the seacoast of Massachusetts. Uh, You know, all this is part and parcel to one large mindset, which is whether or not you think uh, people are capable of handling their own lives in a voluntary way and uh, caring for each other uh, through their own volition. And I think that not only are they capable of doing it, but by having them do that and having people uh, make decisions for themselves, you foster and grow that sort of an attitude and you get better products, you get better competition, and everybody is helped. And the less you allow people to do it the more it atrophies and how are you supposed to just you know here's a a silly tautology on the part of the the statists out there if i'm too stupid to handle my own life how am i going to be smart enough to not only vote for somebody to handle my life but to vote for somebody to handle my neighbor's life and 49 percent of the populace out there if i'm in the 51 percent it's just unworkable and stupid plato's ideas were some of the dumbest most (laughs) evil ideas ever and i cannot understand why anybody respects plato well they work 
because it's easy. It's it could, because armed gangs have always wanted to control people and milk them for their money, and that's all a government is. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you talk about price gouging. Um, the price gouging thing—that's one of those key, essential moral questions that we uh, we who understand what's not seen have to battle these guys. We have to continually bring these subjects up because there is always another group of people who will see a story on television. There's always another reporter who's willing to report on this thing, and you see the emotion of how evil it must be that someone's charging more, and that's not right. But we need to explain what you're not seeing, which is if you don't allow people to charge more for products, you're not going to get an incentive for more people to bring the products in, and you're going to get a dearth of that product. Ken? Well, it goes, well, it goes back sort of what my friend said. I, I have a dear friend who is an immigrant from Israel, and he came over here back in the 90s, and he said, well, he said, well Ken, you, you, we, you, your government, we, this government, because he became an American citizen, he's a, uh, an American now, he said, the government has to regulate more stuff. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Government regulation is not a good thing, because we have to ask ourselves three questions. Number one, has the FDA protected us from bad drugs and bad food? Has the USDA guaranteed us no E. coli outbreaks? And right. they haven't. Right. No. Well, when you think about the FDA um, and think about the 17-year process where it takes hundreds of billions of dollars to get through that mm-hmm. process, yeah. and you think about uh, you know how many people may have died while waiting for a drug to make it through this this remarkably Byzantine organization, the FDA kills far more people than it saves. Absolutely. There's a great book that Robert Higgs edited called Hazardous to Our Health, which was released by the Independent Institute. Go to independent.org. It's probably still available. Talks all about that lengthy process. And then, of course, when they fail, my friend, when they fail, they get more money. Yeah, that's how it works with the government. When, when private business fails, they don't get that money. They go out of business. Somebody else is willing to do a better job for our interests. It's crazy. Well, I don't. I don't get it. With the vaccines, the yeah. vaccine companies and have been given immunity by the government against prosecution. That's correct. When yeah. they have produced deadly vaccines, and right now, what did we waste our time setting up a judicial system and a civil law system where we can sue if we didn't have an FDA and you and I got together and made a deadly drug and claimed it cured cancer and people died? They could sue us out of existence and they could recoup some of their money back and some damages for the loss. As it stands, we don't get to sue these companies, and we have redundant systems, both of which not doing it or not guaranteeing us quality, because this brings us to my second question. Can the government produce or guarantee quality? And I would say it hasn't. No, right. and, 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 if, and the I, government, yeah. if the government made a car, it wouldn't run. You know, and, and, if the government delivered food to people, people would be lined up waiting for that food. Oh, I, my, my God, we, we, they had that. In the Soviet it, Union, it's, made its own cars exactly. and, and uh, delivered its own food, and they had food lines, and they had and a the car Yugo. that broke down all the time. No, it was the Volga. <laughs> the Volga was the good one. The, 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 the Volga. Volga was the good one. The Yugo was the good <laughs> And the that's done, too. <laughs> It was funny that you mentioned guns a moment ago because that brings me to an example I just now gave the, my friend uh, before. To, in their defense, the, the communists made one heck of a gun in the AK-47. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes, they did. But that was the point that you were saying that the, the U.S. government, the federal government, and partially now the state government is coming in on the side of thugs with guns because if you don't pay your taxes, a man with a gun is sent to your door to collect those taxes. Right, and right. I had to explain to my friend because of these gun, these gun grabs and the gun buybacks and everything else that – we're missing the major point about the government in America. This is a constitutional republic whereby the government is supposed to be of the people, by the people, and for the people, which means if the people cannot be contr- cont- 
trusted to own their own firearms. That means the government that is made up of those same corrupt, dangerous people that can't carry guns cannot be given guns either. <laughs> hey, listen, extension. and something something I should just bring up here. I'm sorry to jump in, but I think it's extremely important that that Lincoln harangue, that, that silly line that I had to memorize, and I thought Lincoln was a great hero when I was nine years old, and now I realize that whole line of government by the people, by the people, for the people, of the people, you know, that sort of line – that is not only is it uh, is it uh, preachy and dumb, but it's also never ever true because mm-hmm. governance of the people by the people and for the people means that you cannot have any form of government interfering with individual choices. Government is never by the people. It's never of the people. It's never for the people because if it were, you would not have the state. It would be completely eliminated and it would be the people themselves making the decisions for themselves. That's what government by the people, of the people, for they the people is. Which, they just didn't say which people. Right. It's, it's government of the people that are in charge. Yes. For the people mm-hmm. that are uh, that Connected. have the money and and well, we'll buy the people that uh, will have to pay all these boys uh, you hit it bureaucrats. Thank you very very much for the call, Ken. Great call. Let's go to Scott in North Carolina. Well, actually uh, we're going to uh, let's go. Oh, we got a break. Wasn't, wasn't even paying oh, wow. attention to the clock Shoot. here. It's supposed to say that word. Yeah. <laughs> what's 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 the number? Uh, 855-450-3733 Free Talk Live. want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the porcupine realtor do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealtor.com Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It is Mark and Guard. And we are coming to you live this Saturday evening. Now, you know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. Huh? You know that a U.S. new currency will at some point take over. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins, they could be that currency. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. You can invest in them as a uh, as a commodity. They, you know, they fluctuate like any other commodity fluctuates. You can buy. You you can use them to transfer money without fees on the internet, as opposed to well, all those other companies that will transfer money for you with fees. Yeah. Um, I think there actually is a fee for buying and selling them, but there's no fee for transferring them, um, you know, bit, bitcoins. Go check out weusecoins.org. It's weusecoins.org. It's a great video over there that explains bitcoins better and more thoroughly than I can. Cool. But they are really a new phenomenon on the Internet and uh, worth checking out. Weusecoins.org. Let's go to Scott in North Carolina. Scott. Hello, fellas. I'm enjoying the show tonight. Thanks, Ken. I, I discovered you on my uh, internet radio from Sleep Train. 
But um, my question is... Do you I, love sea crane I, products? I do, I do. Um, my question is, I'm a Ron Paul supporter. I was in 2008. I am in 2012. And uh, I was just looking on YouTube at different videos where people have put hate stuff out there that he is uh, against the Jews. And um, I really don't believe that at all. And Do they have any evidence? I don't think so. I mean, there's, there's, there's a ton of stuff, you know. They, okay. they had, for, for one thing, let's say Ron Paul hates a particular segment of the population. Let's say he does. I mean, you know, everybody, every human has their own prejudices in one way or another. Um, so right. let's say that that's true. Ron Paul has advocated in his uh, 12 terms as a U.S. Uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives freedom and adherence to the Constitution, which is a document that nominally uh, certainly provides more freedom than uh, the government that claims to adhere to it today. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at least his understanding of the Constitution is such that it, he would provide more freedom to every individual. How would freedom be bad for whatever group it is that he hates? Is what I would like people that uh, believe you know believe that Ron Paul hates a group to answer. How is freedom bad? It can be. Um, it just can't be. And but, and if we can uh, pose a, a question, uh, I suspect that those people who criticize in that particular issue uh, criticize Ron Paul of being anti-Jewish or something like that, anti-Semitic. Um, uh, perhaps it's because he doesn't want to continue shelling out millions of dollars right. That's really to the what it's all about. socialist it's, state of Israel I, right. and I, I, to I, all the other places around it. forced to give money to the state of Israel. Yeah. That doesn't make me a Jew hater. And, that and, makes me somebody who doesn't believe in foreign aid. And he doesn't buy into the neocon, uh, evidently uh, humongously pro-Jewish state of Israel uh, rhetoric that says that um, – a threat to Israel is a threat to the United States and that Iran is going to launch nuclear weapons against the United States and that um, al-Qaeda somehow was going to come after the United States regardless of the fact that the United States has been meddling in Middle Eastern affairs and regardless of the very statements of the people in al-Qaeda and of people like the Times Square bomber that said it is the United States policies in the Middle East that are inspiring them to attack American civilians. People can look it up. So evidently they don't they don't want to hear what Ron Paul has to say about US Middle Eastern policy. They just want to broad brush him and say, "Oh, you don't like Jewish people." I mean, what, I don't even understand how people can cogently try to make argue, arguments in that way. To me, they might as well just not even bother speaking because it's just drivel. As Richard Butler of the Psychedelic Furs said, it's lyrical drivel that comes out against these against uh, Ron Paul. Well, there was two things I wanted to ask you, and I, I don't want to use up all my time, and I'm sorry for babbling. But nope. uh, if, if I say a country was a, attacked, a situation broke out like World War II, um, maybe another Hitler, say, in, anywhere in the world, and we saw that he was gaining power and he's taking over nation after nation, would there ever be a reason for Ron Paul, if he was president during that time, to say, okay, we got we, we got to step in, we got to intervene? And would that would he be going back on his um, on his own words, saying that we shouldn't have entangling alliances, but we don't want this country to get so strong, this dictator to get so strong that he could come to the United States and be a problem? Well, you know, I think this is a very interesting question, one I've studied, uh, you know, in depth. I'm I'm a bit of a war expert. First thing I'd like to point out is that the the mantle of Hitler can be laid right at the doorstep of Woodrow Wilson. If Woodrow Wilson had not gone back on a campaign promise to keep the United States out of the Great War, um, then they 
then Hitler would have never existed. The reason that the, the you know was all the the huge victory that the United States allowed the Allies against the Central Powers in World War One set the stage for Germany essentially being uh, you know screwed in the Treaty of Versailles um, and. They, you know, it created the situation where Hitler was able to rise to power because the German people were so subjugated by these war debts that they had to pay off. Whereas if the two sides had just battled themselves into, uh, um, you know, a stalemate, essentially, the, that Treaty of Versailles wouldn't have, wouldn't have been so arduous on the German people and Hitler wouldn't have been able to rise to power. So I'd like to point out that great crises like Hitler are generally created by great crises like World War One, um, and and, but there's certainly, you know, there's, there's certainly tin pot dictators that wish to rule the world. Some of them sit in the White House on a pretty regular basis. Um, but they, you know, if, if for instance, what, what this shows you is, is that their army can only reach so far. You can't convert. The French people didn't convert and fight on the side of Hitler. He, his military had to occupy that land. A country's military can only occupy so much land. You can see even the United States can't handle a, a place that's uh, what Afghanistan's twice the size of California. The United States military really can't handle Afghanistan after a decade. Yeah. And th- this is the biggest, most powerful, most well-funded military the world has ever seen. And... It can't handle it. So, no, I don't think that'll happen. What'll happen to some country that tends to grow and that their their purview will – their supply lines will get too long. They won't be able to grow. And then those countries that ha- they have subjugated will rise up in the same way. Many people believe the United States won World War II. The fact is <laughs> Stalin won World War II. If just the military – just the conflict between Germany and Russia would have been the largest war the world had ever seen if you didn't count everything else that happened in World War II. That was the largest conflict. It was these two bad guys fighting that was in fact the um, the, the true conflict and where – what defeated uh, the Soviet – excuse me, what defeated, uh, defeated Russia. So – you know, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that this is uh, this is something to really worry about. If the United States minds its own business, shows the world that free trade can work, that free trade will allow you to uh, prosper, that will allow you to be a beacon of liberty for the rest of the world. That's what's going to work. Not trying to control countries and tell them what to do and said, "Hey, they want us over there." No, they're. Their government wants you over there, not their people. That's why the nine, right. that's why nine eleven happened was because the Saudis don't want that king telling them how to live, and the the idea of the United States government supporting a king to me is disgusting. Mm. It's you bring up a very very good question. I'll let you let you uh, offer your feedback before I uh, uh, bring anything up. It's it's a really good question just to frame it for people who might have just uh, hopped in. Uh, the idea of uh, Ron Paul's. Uh, concept of of leaving uh, other nations alone, pulling back aid, not getting involved, and things like that uh, in all these uh, all these so called wars, which aren't wars. Um, would there ever be a time when I can't speak for Ron Paul, but as you asked, would there ever be a time when Ron Paul, uh, if he were president, uh, were to see the rise of one of these giant dictators? And as Mark says, these giant dictators. Uh, tended not to have been threats to the United States, and uh, it's because of presidential policies that have uh, actually helped inspire these problems. Um, what do you think? Do you think that um, – uh, obviously you seem to be a pro-freedom guy. Do you think that this is uh, worrisome for you, that um, that all of Ron Paul's positives maybe outweigh this one question that you haven't quite had resolved? Well, 
I, not at all. I'm I'm still behind Ron Paul because everything um, that he says uh, is, is on point with what I believe. Yeah. Um, I I know we can't control what people think and what people want to do, and I don't think we should. When I say we, I mean the government. But um, I don't I don't think the government should be telling people what to do, how to live. Mm-hmm. And I believe in personal freedom, and, and that's very important. And yeah. that should also correlate to not telling people how they should be spending money on foreign countries and entanglements with foreign countries. If they want to send a check to the Palestinians or they want to send a check to the Israelis or they want to send a check Get to the French, <laughs> they can sign their checks. I don't have well, to. Hey, real, uh, looks like, like we're hey, up real, against the clock. Thank you so much for the call. We'll have to talk again. Appreciate it, Scott. On Free Talk Live. You can give us a call. We're on seven nights a week from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Talk Live, 855-453. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's live Saturday edition. The Hurricane Edition. Hurricane Edition. You know, I, I so many of – we're across the country, so there's lots of people that are, you know, not – Hurricane, who cares? Can we do the special <laughs> graphic sound? <laughs> we now go live to the seacoast of South Carolina. <laughs> and I can do, the, like, the wind sound, and you can put your hand over your leg, and I can go like – and you were like, God, we're, we're here to you, at the... Coming to you live from someplace that no wise person would be standing. <laughs> I'm just about to get blown into the water. I mean, what do they do that for? But, but it's this a perfectly will be... serviceable building here, and they, they put the weathermen outside in a raincoat. But all this destruction will be really good for the economy. Paul Krugman said so. <laughs> Paul Bring on the Brit window breakers. That's right. This is the, the referring to the broken window fallacy, which is uh, you know sort of this, t- to some extent, a central tenet of the sort of Keynesian economics yes. plan, which is the idea that uh, it's good for the economy when something gets broken because, well, then we have to fix it. Yeah. And this is essentially what's happening. People are rushing out to buy water, plywood, right. generators. They're planting their resources into, into things that they normally would not have bought, and their resources now won't be spent on other things, and now they're going to have or all this excess. Or they won't be saved. And exactly. the, cent- not saved. Right. the right. central tenet here is that somehow – it's a bad idea for people to save money. Uh, I remember as recently as 2005, and I don't know about the other years, but there's been many years that Americans have spent more money than they've made. And that's supposed to be good for the economy. Oh, and Paul Krugman thinks that, uh, for example, if we were to bring up the broken window fallacy to Paul Krugman and we were to say, well, Paul, then um, if you think and, – and Paul Krugman, everybody, if you didn't already hear just about a week ago, uh, the great famed economist of the pop media ilk, uh, they lauded Paul Krugman for years and they still do over a seven-page paper he wrote like 10 years ago that had to do with economies of scale and he never even made the intellectual collection 
connection about economies of scale, uh, allowing for the idea that opening borders up to uh, employees would be better. He didn't even get that. He's such a dunderhead. And I I don't usually call people these names, but this guy is really thick. Okay, Um, so he was saying that, you know, uh, World War Two got got us out of this slump. And I I did a podcast about this. this, Hold on just a second. If World War Two was if if war was good for the economy and this is what you're taught in school. I mean, I swear they do. They tell you this. World War Two got us out of the Great Depression. Why is it that the economy is going so poorly now? There are six wars going on. They're all undeclared. Is it because Congress didn't get together and declare the war? I mean, (laughs) for God's sakes, Afghanistan's cost more in real dollars. I think that was 1964 dollars or whatever. But uh, as uh, adjusted for uh, as adjusted for inflation has Mm -hmm. cost more than World War Two did, as I understand it. How come the economy isn't just searing along? Well, and, and, and terrific writers like Robert Higgs, again, we mentioned him last hour of the Independent Institute, wrote in the Independent Review years ago, uh, did studies of this and said, look, and even even a guy like Krugman in this national appearance said uh, as he was claiming that World War II got us out of the Depression. I didn't know I was alive then, Krugman. I hate that when they say Here's what us. got us, and, and people need to know this. Here's what got us out of the Depression right. in World War II. What got us out is everybody else that produced everything else was blown the F up. Okay? <laughs> and, so there was nobody else producing anything, and, and they had to buy the stuff that we had once, uh, you know, once the United States had once they got their feet back on track. And by the way, it was pretty good for Canada, too. But but all of this investment into creating tanks and all these other things, Krugman says, puts people to work. And and you're you're providing values, valuable services. So he is of the mindset that whether it's creation of tanks or it's digging a ditch and refilling the ditch, that government buying thing buying services from people either through taxation, which directs the money away from where people normally would have spent it into other areas, or it directs money that they would have saved into areas the politicians want, or if it's deficit spending, then he thinks that's even better. Right. He says if you have a little inflation, then that's great. Then those people won't lose out. On the first item, but what he doesn't recognize is that he's raising the price of all the items down the line. He's reducing the buying power by inflating the currency. So you're either stealing from people through taxation or you're taxing them and you're going to destroy their buying power by floating money into the system. Now, the whole thing about this is just to let everybody know that. The idea of destroying things and having to build new things, why don't we just go to Paul Krugman's house and say, hey, Paul, would you like us to break your windows every day? Right. This is the, this is the idea. If, the, if it's good for the United States' economy, for the United States to build a bomb and then drop a bomb that goes kerblooey and blows up and it has no, no more value after that, then it should be good for my economy for me to go outside and throw gasoline in my car and burn it up. Exactly. And, and You're nobody, employing more no, people. No jackball would say that that's a good idea. Right. And this is the sort of thing that we're seeing with this Walmart thing where people are going in, they're using money that they either, as you say, would have saved in one area in the bank and utilized in some way that, that people could have borrowed themselves, or they would have spent it on other things that would have bettered their lives. Now they're going to have things sitting there. And this is just the kind of thing that Paul Krugman says betters the economy. So you've wasted resources, both your monetary and the physical resources now have been wasted. That improves the economy. Right. <laughs> I hope nobody puts this guy on television again because he's an absolute jester. He's a court fool.
You know, I think about, um, you know, people always think prices rise, prices rise. But, you know, prices don't rise necessarily through time. That People get more efficient at producing their products, and they have to compete against other people that produce similar products. And therefore, they prices are driven down. Let's take a look, for instance, at computers. Over time, computers have actually diminished in cost. If you look at a laptop over time, you know, it's, it's less costly to buy one. At this point, you can go to, uh, you know, some major retailer and buy a laptop, a little netbook for like $300. You couldn't have got a memory chip for one of these things at that point. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I used to use alcohol on my face to, to get to cut the grease. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a dollar for a thing of alcohol. Now when I go to the grocery store, you know, go get it at Walmart or whatever, it's 25 cents. Yeah. And these dollars aren't worth as much as they were in 1984 or whenever I was. So buying. the productivity increases have had to battle the inflated money supply that comes at 2% compounded every year since the creation. That's on average, every year since the creation of the Federal Reserve. And you might hear people like Michelle Bachman talk about it. And, you know, good honor for making those yeah, points sure, about the sure. Fed. That's fine. We agree on that. But the only guy who has consistently been saying these sorts of things, if you want to get into the political realm, if you want to play that political game, has been Ron Paul and the free market Austrian economics branch, you know, not the Keynesians and not not the, the people uh, like like uh, Milton Friedman and so on and those guys, they they believe that the Federal Reserve should exist. We believe it is a dangerous entity and should be gotten rid of. So um, every Saturday here in Keene, New Hampshire, where uh, we do the show and uh, I live, there is a group of veterans um, that go out on the Central Square and they stand uh, for peace. They hold signs. They encourage pe- the uh, you know encourage the government to bring the soldiers home and all that stuff. And these guys. I go out there to support them. I am not a veteran, um, but I, I go out there to support them because I believe in the ideas of peace. And I don't know what's what I can do individually to you know cause the United States to come to the realization that uh, you know these these acts that they take are aggressive in nature and not solving problems. But I figure I might as well do what somebody else thought of. If I can't think of my own thing, <laughs> at least I can do what uh, somebody else does. So yeah. you know it's worth a little bit of my time to go out there and talk with these guys and. It was interesting. I was talking to some of them today, and the idea of Ron Paul being elected scares so many people because he has so many ideas that would fundamentally change the government. However, there's really only a few things that Ron Paul could do as president that would be fundamentally changing. It's like his ideas on economics he really couldn't return us to a free market paradise or whatever on his own. He'd have to have Congress go with him. There's no evidence that that's going to happen. Um, So he wouldn't be able to achieve that. What he could do as commander in chief is he could move, you know, say the United States military out of the 131, actually 130 plus nations around the world and the thousand military bases that are in nations, foreign nations, move it back to the United States as commander in chief. He could absolutely pull this off. And this is where Barack Obama really falls down. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the peace crowd voting oh, for Barack huge. Obama. If they vote for him again, they're a bunch of hypocrites. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, he could actually do that. He could actually pardon, say, pot smokers who are in prison um, around the United States. Hey, by the way, everybody, you pay for these guys to get four, three hots in a cot. I, I don't know. Maybe they got snack time, too. Um, this is another way that the economy would benefit. All those guys in the military would be back working. That would benefit the economy. Free Talk Live, 855-450, free.
I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Coming to you live on a Saturday evening. Yeah. It's Mark. And Guard filling in for Ian. Thanks for listening. You know, I mentioned that the uh, call-in line is brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, uh, you know, he's a, a, one of these actual economic professors that goes out into the real world and began making money. Many of these guys, they can't do it. That's why they teach. <laughs> right. Not not Osborne. It's uh, SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. They uh, provide a different service than most collections company. They collect with respect and dignity treat your customers the way you would want them treated sacral cai you know um this is the call this is the show about your calls let's uh, go to jack in uh, this is michigan jack hey guys hey, hey jack welcome to the program thank you what would you like to talk about group, well i called to talk about government tyranny mm-hmm. and of course there's a myriad different examples of that uh, as i'm sure you well know uh, whistleblowers are a major uh, threat to uh, the uh, perpetual tyranny of government. Yep. And uh, there's a. Before I get to that, though, I want to mention that there's a, a group like people in Delaware. A group what? Uh, a Liberty, people. A liberty loving group of okay. people. In Delaware, that have a a, uh, a Thursday night radio show, and they even advertise escapeharassment dot com on GCN. Oh, okay. You ever heard their announcement? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pardon? No. Pardon? No, I, I don't. I don't know anything about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, escapeharassment dot com. They uh, uh, on the Thursday night telephone conference, they get into the rudimentary elements of uh, government broad extortion, tyranny. And uh, so anyone in the audience who wants a, a really great uh, education in all that, uh, it's very liberating, very empowering. Um, and I imagine on their website, I don't have a computer, so I don't imagine they have in full about their Thursday night seminar. But uh, there's uh, uh, four veterans. You guys interview people, don't you? No, rarely. Uh, Free Talk Live is an open lines uh, forum discussion among people who are uh, listening on 109 radio stations oh. across the country. Right. We rarely do uh, interviews. All right. Well, be that as it is, I'm going to give you the names of these veterans who authored books that would really be uh, an excellent resource for the advancement of the freedom and liberty causes 
wherever they exist in the land. Uh, the first one is by a World War II veteran, a whistleblower guy by the name of Rodney Stitch, who authored uh, Defrauding America. That's one book, uh, Drugging America, and then Unfriendly Skies. He went into the FAA after World War II, and that's what Unfriendly Skies is all about. It's, it's rare that people will hear books on the mentioned on the radio, I mean, um, and then run out and, and get them as a result. What often is the best way to handle it, Jack, is to just talk about some of the, you know, one of the ideas that the book portrays. That way we can have a discussion with okay. it and people can interact. All right. Great. Okay, I'll do that. There's a book just came out recently by a lady, Susan Lindauer, who uh, was a CIA agent until she uh, blew the lid off the uh, her book is, what is it, uh, Extreme Prejudice. And I guess the website is Extreme Prejudice, uh, no, Extreme Prejudice USA.wordpress.com. And it's a harrowing tale of how she was arrested by an FBI SWAT team for being a whistleblower. They came after her, hauled her away. Yeah, there's, there's the quite a few that. examples of this. Obviously, the most uh, extreme example is Bradley Manning, yeah. um, you know, attempting yeah. to uh, you know, show, I, I guess, allegedly attempting to, to uh, leak documents um, to, you know, show the, the sort of thing that have gone on in the uh, the military all over uh, the world, the U.S. military all over the world. But uh, specifically, the collateral murder video uh, that's amazing to see where the uh, United States gunship fires on unarmed oh, yeah. people yeah. and uh, news crews um, killing, uh, you know, children and and, um, you know, just innocent civilians, and it's uh, horrifying stuff to see. Well, here's a here's an agent of the intelligence community who was totally patriotic in the belief that CIA, you know, does what's best for the American people, and then she discovered uh, how perverse the colossal lies are, and all she did was speak out. And they threw her in prison for a year, and they hauled her away. She didn't get a trial. The Patriot Act allows the government to go in and haul anyone off under any suspicion that they might be a, quote, domestic terrorist as defined by their criteria, which is if you're if you're a gun rights enthusiast, if you believe in, um, uh, you know, if you talk about the Constitution too much, they believe you're a terrorist. I mean, you know, they, if you've got yeah. bumper stickers that say Ron Paul, they believe yeah. you're a terrorist. I mean, yeah. These are these are yeah. some of the things that are mentioned yeah. in the Mayak report, yeah. and this is absolutely a true true statement. And it shows the it you know the the chilling effect, the cowing of the American people, the idea that you can't support a person um, or you know support a person for president or a founding document without being looked at askance in the United States, where supposedly it's the land of the free, and, is yeah. frightening to me. And I have to say, there's a very large danger also when you start to employ all these people in this police state uh, that they have created, yeah. particularly since 9-11, uh, that those people have an incentive to grow uh, the their own business, their own bureaucracy. There's a very good report at uh, KansasCity.com, the Kansas City Star, I believe, that talks about the new cash cow. I actually linked it at LibertyConspiracy.com, so you can see it over at that website. Uh, Kim Murphy writes about this, about how how much money is being spent on the supposed war on terror and all of the graft and corruption that's going into all these different things. So now people, not only ideologically, 
are believing that they need to have this great security state. But also there are people in your hometown or your neighbor's hometown who have gotten thousands of dollars in dumb bonus bureaucratic checks to tens go out. Of thousands of tens dollars. of thousands of dollars to go out for new fences to be built around, you know, some some county forest under homeland security. You know, these types of things. We're really in danger. If we don't stop this now, this is an, an entrenched group of people and it is growing. So we need to try to express the importance of, of stopping this and uh, in so many, yeah. so many areas. Hey, you know what, guys, down in Arlington, Texas, this is perfect segue because what you just said, there's a group called ICLE, International Council on Local Environmental Initiatives. It's some sort of a international UN NGO that goes into all the counties, and they engage in public-private contracts without any informed consent approval of the hospital. And they do just like you said. In the case of Arlington, Texas, the people there got together and they said, uh, either you terminate all these fraudulent international contracts with Hickley, or we're going to simply prosecute you for breach of the public trust. Jack, thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Free Talk Live. Give us a call. Talk about what you want to talk about. It's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Guard. Live on a Saturday night. And, you know, have you ever wondered how they could possibly fix the debt, the deficit crisis in Washington? Jeff Marone, Harvard economist, makes it real clear what the problem is and proposes a solution. You can go see this video and several others that I have picked out personally at LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. That's LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. These videos are awesome for giving the foundations of the ideas of liberty um, and economics to your friends and family. Share them on Facebook with people. Uh, These videos, frankly, are are compelling. Uh, They're easy to watch. They're short and they give it concise, give the information to you concisely. They're well wrought, and many and people will enjoy seeing them. While you're there, check out the Liberty Academy link that's on the right-hand side of the page. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. It's the Learn Liberty Academy at learnliberty.org slash FTL. And it is a great service brought to you by the Institute for Humane Studies. IHS. Indeed. Baby. And let's go straight into some calls here. Let's talk to Jonathan from Tennessee. Jonathan? Hey, guys. How are y'all? All's well. Great. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And uh, I should probably preface by saying that I'm a relatively new listener to your show. So, uh, And I say that because I, I don't know if you guys have talked about this at any length, about the uh, West Memphis 3. Yes, oh, we have. Thank goodness for bringing it up, man. 
Um, well, I live in Tennessee, obviously, and I'm about 100 miles from West Memphis, Arkansas, where the crime took place. And I just I get so infuriated when people say, you know, to this day that, you know, I can't believe they let those Satanist murder, murderers go when oh. they have no idea of the facts of the case. Right. You know, they haven't familiarized themselves at any length to the details of what happened on that day or during that in that trial. Right. I mean, when, when you've got the father of one of the victims saying that they he doesn't believe they did it, I mean, you're talking about a pretty biased uh, person here against those guys. And it's so, I mean, the, it must be very compelling, the evidence in their in their favor. Absolutely. Right. And I, yeah, I was 10 years old when that happened, and I can remember it uh, like it was yesterday. I mean, you know, even just living 100, 110 miles away, uh, just the hysteria that, that took over. I mean, we live in the Bible Belt down here, obviously, and, uh, you know, Satanism and cult and all these words were throwing around just like, you know, it was, uh, you know, talking about rain falling from the sky, just like it, it was as real as rain falling from the sky. It really, and, it, it really, uh, it, it changes the, the dyna- dynamic of the conversation. Once you bring in this Satanism aspect, then people are pretty sure that something evil is going on, and we it must be stopped immediately at all costs. And this was uh, this was true of that uh, uh, the, the the preschool thing that was down in Florida, um, where the where they swept up a bunch of people and put them in jail um, erroneously for molesting kids uh, because it was a, right. you know the kids were talking about a satanic basement. This is Florida. There are no basements. Uh, you know, <laughs> beneath right. the building where you know ritual sacrifices were going on. I mean, these kids' ideas were just being filled in their head by the prosecution's uh, psychologists. Sure, sure. And I guess what really infuriates me about the whole situation is there are a plethora of videos just on the. I mean, just take YouTube for example. I mean, there are so. And I know people are so quick to say, "Oh yeah, the internet," but you know, something like YouTube, there's there's so much archival footage to do with not only the case, but just in-depth investigations yeah. Yeah. that show oh, yeah. that those boys yeah. had rock-solid alibis. And not only that, the scariest thing, guys, the scariest thing about the whole situation is not that three innocent men got convicted for something they didn't do, but it was how the actual West Memphis Police Department oh. coerced a 17-year-old kid who is proven to have an IQ of a third grader, 12 hours in an interrogation room, no lawyer, no parent present, 12-hour interrogation, and only 35 minutes of it was recorded and presented as evidence. And he he had no facts of the case. Everything was completely wrong. They are complete, even the 35 minutes that was recorded, it is so obvious he was being coached as to get the, what little facts that he knew to fit the and, evidence that they had, and the judicial system so messed up that they still can't let these guys out. Um, they they can't find them, uh, acquit them, or find them not guilty, or bring them back yeah. on a new trial, or anything like that. So they have to just give them sort of this uh, plea bargain thing where they let them go. I mean, it's it's right. it's frightening, Jonathan. Thank you for the call. Yeah, let's go to Joseph in uh, South Carolina, Joseph. Hey Joseph, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey. welcome. What can, we, doing, what can we do for you tonight? Yeah, um, it's about the debt crisis, man. They, um, 
why are they thinking that this is this is going to be fixed overnight with one little bill? It's going to take time to do it, and it's been going on since the World War Two. Won't they go and experiment with other stuff like uh, they do a medical uh, medical what they call cannabis now and medical wise? Won't they? Won't they get into that there and legalize it permanently and tax it right, and that would take care of a deficit and help with the education that this country is now poor in? But well, I don't, uh, I, I don't yeah. support pa- taxes of any sort. All I think right, that they're, right. uh, they're, they're just theft. Right. Uh, but I do think that if marijuana ever does become legal in this country, and I don't think it needs to be legal for uh, medical purposes, I think that uh, it should be legal like beer. For I mean, w- really, do we have medical beer? Really? I mean, do we need that in the United States? But um, the... You know, it seems to me that free people should be able to decide what they want to put in their body. And right. if somebody decides that that's not a good idea, then they should just mind their own darned business, in right. my opinion. But you know, when it comes to um, fixing the debt crisis, I don't think a small uh, that a tax on marijuana is really going to fix it. What's going to what the fundamental problem is in Washington D.C. is that these people cannot stay within their budget. They're forty-seven percent over their budget. The money that they come in. If you ran your house like that, uh, you'd be poverty-stricken. They, what they they really need to do is cut spending. They've got no incentive to cut their spending either. Uh, and in fact, when they say they're going to be cutting spending, they're not really cutting anything. All this uh, haranguing about uh, this the incredible cuts that the Tea Party people were proposing, um, they they really saw no real cuts on, on the mainstream Republican side or on the Democrat side. Uh, the Democrats wanted 8% increases. Uh, the mainstream Republicans wanted 6% increases. They were claiming that those were cuts. When, in fact, the government would grow 6% compounded every year. Yeah, um, they, they, they really could come up with a solution yeah. right away, Joseph. I mean, it's, that's just that easy. They, they send out a letter to everybody who uh, has, is in charge of a department head of some area or another, from uh, the welfare folks to the army folks to everybody, and say, you're cutting 43% today. Let us know. Um, you know. Here's your check for the year. Good luck. Yeah, that's true. And, it's and, just and that the, easy. And the other thing if about it is, at, if you look at, if you look at it, if you look at it, we don't own ourselves anymore. No, no, we don't. no. I mean, other, and, countries, other countries does. And something, something we need to bring up too is you, you did mention one thing I, I did want to address, my friend, and that was uh, to improve the education system. Um, uh, the government, government, gonna, government is not going to improve education, education in any way whatsoever. Exactly. No, because I mean, I went, to, I went to a school called Allendale Fairfax High School here in in, in South Carolina, it's Allendale, South Carolina. Yeah. They was taken over back in nineteen. I think it was like nineteen ninety nine. And I went to school there, and I went to eleventh grade, and they told me that I, I missed. I, I was messed up on credit. So I know what it is about messed up, uh, messed up system, <laughs> oh, especially down here in the south. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, thank Joseph, you very for much the for the call. Yes, indeed. And uh, you know that's that's one of the things. Hopefully, we can we can break people out of this thought. The, the longer these things exist, like the education department in Washington D.C., the more people watch the network news, the more the focus is on one spot to try to answer everyone's problems. And that spot, thousands of miles away from their local town. That spot, thousands of miles away from their house. Thousands of miles away from their own decision making about their own children, which is where it is supposed to happen. I don't want. Uh, I don't want even Ron Paul deciding for my family right. what to when do. He, when he said that we don't own ourselves anymore, and he re- I guess he was referring in the collective, the United States doesn't own itself because China carries so much of its debt. Ah. Well, the average American citizen doesn't own themselves because somebody in Washington gets to tell them how their money is going to be spent, the, the stuff, the fruit of their labor is going to be spent. I don't care whether it's some guy in Washington or some guy in Beijing that's telling me how to live. They don't own me. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. 
You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. You know, I would give the telephone number and tell you to call in, but... What? <laughs> it's coming up to the end of the show? Indeed, we're in the, <sighs> in the last segment, so yeah, oh, I'm not man. giving any numbers. I will, however, tell you that uh, if you like what you hear on Free Talk Live, you can get more of it by going to archives.freetalklive.com and downloading, ooh, I don't know, the last five years worth of programming yeah. uh, there. No other radio program going to do that for you, because they're going to charge you some kind of subscription fee. Now, we do have a subscription sort, sort of type program. What we do is we allow you to get some premium content uh, in that uh, you can get, say, podcasts without the ads in them. There's a amplifier a mm. call-in line and a couple of other perks for the amplifiers that wish to support Free Talk Live. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com and join our uh, you know $3 a month. It's all we ask. It's a cup of coffee. It's the Amplifier program at amp.freetalklive.com or do your shopping through Amazon at shop.freetalklive.com. It's another great way to get the same great prices and services you'd normally get from Amazon at but send a little money to Free Talk Live's way. It's really easy. Good. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Steve in Benton Harbor. Steve. Hey, guys. How you doing? All's well. Thanks for having me on. What can we do for you, my friend? Well, I have a question for you. You know, I've... Um, in this upcoming election, I think this is going to be a pivotal election. Um, there are a lot of issues coming to a head. And the thing that I find most interesting is immigration. I mean, I think that um, this country needs to crack down on illegal immigration. I think a lot of us do. I think the um, neither party wants to admit it. But what I find most interesting is recently here this Rick Perry, you know, governor of Texas, has decided to build the federal government, like, Almost what a half a billion dollars. Yeah, I saw that on Drudge Report. Yeah, right for his, his state's illegal immigration problem. But yet, um, Governor Perry is probably one of the worst Republicans when in terms of um, you know being pro illegal immigration. But well, do you not think that? I mean, you, that's a you realize that's a political move, and that uh, Rick Perry is just trying to pander to people that believe like you do, right? Right. right now, let I mean, me ask you this: What is it about sure. illegal immigration that bothers you? Well, the, t- the total cost to, to the U.S. taxpayer. I mean, there are a couple things. One is the cost. Okay. Well, let's. I mean, let's. let's really I, I don't have. I don't have, really have. Don't have time for a couple of things, but I do have uh, time for one. So let's talk about how illegal immigrants will steal. Uh, you know, get social security numbers and then pay taxes on into the system uh, with these social security numbers that they can never collect on because these social security numbers aren't real. Some do and some don't. A lot just work without. Well, there's, there's a lot of Americans that just suck off the system too. Yeah. And isn't the problem with the cost of the illegal immigrants really the welfare problems that the welfare costs that the government has created, and not in fact free people that want to live their lives freely? Yeah. You you don't mind them coming here to work or anything, do you? And helping reduce prices for consumers like you and uh, manufacturers who can stuff? get things for less and and utilize their money easier and and get more for their money. It's the welfare state. No, no, I I do have a problem with them coming here and taking jobs. I I don't believe this 
Bush fantasy that they take jobs that Americans won't do. I think that's just ridiculous. Well, actually, there's a, there's strong evidence for it recently in uh, Georgia, and I know you don't want to you don't want to look at this, mm-hmm. but but this is the truth. In Georgia, they have uh, food rotting on the vines because they ran the illegal immigrants out of the country, out of the uh, state, and they were going to get probationers to pick it. And the probationers are saying, "I'd rather go back to jail than pick this stuff." So there really are jobs that. People from you know Mexico and Honduras and Nicaragua are willing to do that Americans aren't willing to do. I used to work with them in a farm stand. Jamaican guys would come up and pick apples while I was out in the fields, and they would go back with lots of money. and And you know, I understand your your feelings about this. This is a very large issue, and it would actually require a lot more in depth analysis. But um, regardless of our differences on the economics of, of free trade and free immigration, uh, clearly uh, you you think that they are a burden. Uh, there was a study done recently in Texas that showed. Uh, that a town just over the border actually uh, profits tax-wise off of the um, illegal immigrants who work there. And also, I would ask you uh, just quickly, and I know we're going through a lot of this, so we might want to talk about this again in another opportunity, and go to libertyconspiracy.com because I've done topics on this at, at Liberty Conspiracy. Constitutionally, who do you think has the responsibility to handle immigration? Constitutionally, I know the federal government claims it is an exclusive domain, but yes. I think states have an absolute right to do it. It is, it um, is constitutionally not a federal purview. You hit it exactly, and it was not until 1875 with a decision made by the Supreme Court over the Chinese Exclusionary Act, which was written in 1872 to stop lower-wage Chinese immigrants from competing against locals, that the federal government – created the federal power to control immigration. It Steve, is a state issue. There, Steve, there is, uh, there's a perfect way to get rid of illegal immigrants, and that is to turn this into such a totalitarian police state that nobody wants to live here anymore. Well, we don't, we don't want that. That's but you can't not. stop them. I mean, you, the, the, the second largest country that illegal immigrants come from is China. You can't build something that's as big and powerful as the Pacific Ocean to keep them out. So... You know, I mean, this is a, this is a bugbear. Let free people operate freely. Give the, if you want to track these people, give them work visas. Let them come in here, buy food, buy uh, cars, drive cars, live, live and uh, you know houses and rent houses from people. If you want to change this economy, if you want this economy to be better, let people come here and get rid of all the disgusting government uh, regulations that uh, you know require us to give free things to them. I mean, you know, really, what the problem is here is that America puts out a bowl of milk and then says, oh, no kitties can come up here and drink from this milk. They're bad kitties if they want to drink from this milk. Yeah. Take the bowl of milk away. Stop giving people free crap. Yeah. And you won't yeah. have them acting in bad ways. Steve, I really do appreciate you calling It's such in. a big issue, too. And, and, Steve, hopefully we're not turning you off to our ideas, too, because we can only hit these very briefly. But a couple things that I bring up to people uh, when they talk about immigration uh, and welfare, I say, well, why is it okay that Americans should get at welfare at all either? We right. need to address that. Um, why and, should I sh- pay for the welfare of somebody in San Diego yeah. but not for the welfare of somebody in Montreal? Yeah. I actually live closer to Montreal. I mean, this is just really weird. And, and uh, should we stop? Stop uh, New Hampshire people from driving down into Massachusetts to work for Massachusetts companies There's because they're stealing jobs line. from Massachusetts people. These arbitrary lines need to be stopped. Yeah, John and Mobile. John, thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, uh, on the licensing issue, uh, I totally agree with you. I researched this from one end to the other. It all came into effect because of the slavery issue and, and mixed race marriages. You're talking about marriage licenses. That. 
Yeah, and I'm going to branch out in some other kind of license. Okay. But regardless, I don't think that the federal government or the state government should be in it. We have uh, some of these churches, I don't. I think it was the Episcopal Church came out and said, you know, they didn't have a problem with gay marriages. But the Catholic Church, the Mormon Church, the, the Baptists, they have problems with it. Yep. It needs to be turned back to the churches. Absolutely. And let the churches handle it. Then the Mormons, Catholics, and whatever cannot do it if they don't want to. Sure. Nobody's going to force them to. Nobody's going to force you to join their church. You can go to a church that will marry you if you're gay. Yep. Right. But the state needs to get out of it 100%. Absolutely. Exactly. There's no Second reason point. for the state to, to, to be deciding who gets married to whom or, uh, you know, I mean, because this essentially the mar- a marriage is a contract that people yeah. wish to, to live together. You know, some some group of people, whether they're two or more, wish to live together, um, you know, and, and share resources and that kind of thing. And the idea that I can tell somebody else how to do that. And, yeah, it, do I support multiple people getting married if that's what they want to do? It doesn't seem like the way I'd want to exactly. live. Exactly. I mean, it's hard enough living with one woman. Exactly. And, and you know, the whole idea – a lot of people are very anti-corporate on the left-wing side, you know, and they say, well, I hate corporations. I don't like corporations either. They're a creation of the government. The government is a monopoly of force, uh, and it, it has – it has the purview to take my neighbor's money whenever it wants to. Um, but uh, they don't recognize that uh, they want to put their faith in the largest corporations in the world, governments. Yeah. And it Absolutely. amazes me that, yeah, both the left and the right think that they can get this particular corporation to do what they want. John, thanks for the call. Let's go real quick to Captain Ned in Florida. Captain Ned. Hey, free Ian Freeman. Yep, Ian Freeman is on his uh, 18th day in the pokey. I got to agree with you now. I'm going 18, Mark. You would know. Thank so, you. Uh, <laughs> hey. I have gravity hey, in that area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, it was good to hear Ian, too. Uh, he sounded like he was resting as comfortably as possible, and uh, there's a lot to be said for that. I yeah. think you'll agree with that. Yeah. I Indeed. just hope he doesn't come out with a bunch of uh, jail tattoos. You know? It doesn't seem likely. <laughs> Tell us about the hurricane. <laughs> hey, anyway, I'm going to get to that hurricane right now. I'll tell you what. Everybody up there, you're, you've got to forget about this being a wind event, about what category this is. This is a strictly a water event. The wind is the icing on the cake. If you remember what I called Thursday and told you about that GFS model, which took it through Norfolk, Atlantic City, and New York City. That's worst-case scenario. That's where it's going. This thing is a, is a monster hurricane. This is a 950-millibar hurricane. It hasn't, it hasn't come off of 950. That's commonly associated with a Cat 3. If you're in any low-lying area, any any A area, especially New York City or north of Atlantic City, get out of there now, I'm telling you. Free Talk Live. I appreciate appreciate that, Captain Ned. Free Talk Live. Thanks for being with us. It's Mark. Thanks, Mark. And Card. 